Hi filmmakers, Jason Brubaker with Filmmaking Stuff where we show you how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. I'm talking to you from sunny southern Los Angeles and I hope all is going well with both your filmmaking and your life. Today I want to talk to you about, well, frankly I want to talk to you about the first time I was fired. I remember it pretty clearly. I was down to my last $100. Um, I probably had two or $300 in the bank, I don't know. But when I'm talking about this, it was back in 2002, and it was the first time I got fired ever. I was working in New York City uh, with this indie producer. We were going into production on this $1.5 million movie, and I remember the morning pretty well. Um, we were out at breakfast, and it was casually mentioned that we lost funding for our movie. <laughs> and I remember asking why. And there was all this conversation. It was something to do with actors bailing out or investors getting scared or a domino effect. And you can really insert your own terrible reason right here in the silence. But I was living on an inflatable air mattress at the time at the corner of some guy's kitchen. And uh, the reason for that was pretty simple. Um, it was all I could afford. <laughs> and I didn't really mind any of that because I was working in the movie industry. And for me, that was a dream come true. But presently, I was eating eggs and I was terrified. And to be honest, I don't remember much else about that morning. You know, I was pretty numb. I'm sure you've been there before. But my reality was, without the production job, I didn't even have enough money for rent. And, and that really scared me. And I remember taking the Staten Island ferry back to my apartment. I was living on Staten Island because I couldn't afford to live in uh, the city. But anyway, I had no idea what I was going to do next. So when I got home, my roommate told me that the electric bill was late and he needed more money. And that really sucked because I didn't have it. I also didn't have a job and my prospects for finding a job were very low. You know, when I moved to New York City, I'd taken a risk. And I only had a few thousand dollars. I'd packed my car. Um, and when I got there, I, I felt as though I achieved good things, you know, working alongside an independent producer. Um, it felt pretty cool. But at that exact moment, I totally, utterly felt like a major failure. And I, wanted, I want you to, I want to be very clear about this. I am from a small town, and I loved calling back to my hometown and talking about the movie industry. And there was a certain part of my identity that had really gotten wrapped up in the whole narrative of this idealistic life that I thought I was living. I actually viewed my job, even though I was just a producer's assistant, I viewed it as a symbol that I'd somehow made it. Now, not only that, but my connections always got me really good hookups in New York. So if I went to like a club that was very popular, I actually didn't have to wait behind any sort of velvet ropes with, you know, the common people. Um, I got to walk right into these places as if people knew me. And I hate waiting in long lines to begin with. And I certainly hate waiting behind velvet ropes. That just doesn't fit my personality. And while I'm at it, I don't really like clubs anyway. But just because I don't like clubs or waiting in line, you know, doesn't mean that I don't love the idea of showing up somewhere and people just let me in. So when I think about all of that stuff in my mind, you know, and compared to my days growing up in rural blue collar farm country in Pennsylvania, I thought that all that stuff was behind me. You know, I thought that I was anything but common. I somehow felt as though I was someone. 
And, you know, I got a quick question for you. Um, do you know the real reason why most independent movies do not make any money? Um, I'm going to give you the answer sometime soon, maybe in the next uh, time we talk um, or, or maybe a few more times from now. But just put that in the back of your mind. Anyway, let's get back to New York. So here I am. I'm feeling pretty awesome. I'm working like 12-hour days, and I'm loving the work. And this producer got us in meetings with prospective investors and movie distributors. And things were going super fantastic. And then on top of that, my social life was absolutely awesome. So you're getting all that stuff. I, I really felt like I was the star of that Peter Gabriel song. Do you know that one? It's called Big Time. Um, I would play it for you right here, but you know, if you're in front of a computer, maybe you want to just do a quick search for Big Time by Peter Gabriel. I think you'll get the point. Now, in retrospect, I'm pretty sure the song is satirical, but back then I was taking it quite literally, and that's how terrible my ego had grown. Um, and I got to be, <laughs> you know, I got to be frank with you, sharing this kind of stuff, um, it, it, I'm trying to do a lot more of it, but it's really, really challenging for me. It's easy for me to tell you about all the stuff that I did right and how great it is. It's hard for me to tell you about all the stuff that I did that was just completely, you know, I was completely idiotic. But anyway, maybe you can uh, avoid some of my mistakes. So, you know, whenever you're doing stuff like this, at least for me, on some level, I had finally felt like this whole experience in New York, I had achieved something that people in my small hometown, they could never understand it. I had made it in the entertainment industry. And I'm sure you've been there too, right? I mean, you have this taste of success and then something happens and in moments your dreams absolutely shatter. So for me, you know, in, in this case, losing our investors and losing my awesome job that somehow defined my self-worth, it was a really harsh reality check. I realized that I wasn't so big time after all. And having a cool job, you know, it, it really should never define you, good or bad. And that was a lesson that I learned. And I also learned that I really had no safety net. I didn't have any cash. And outside of a few people, my network was really, really small. And that's why I was having some problems. I couldn't even find a real job. Um, you know, I wasn't a filmmaker. I was someone working for a producer who was making films. I was helping somebody else get successful and my success was based on this guy's success, and I really had no control. So when his company lost an investor, I lost my job. Now, back then, I remember trying a few temp agencies, but I didn't have any luck. This wasn't too long after September 11th, and they were still cleaning up um, you know, the city, and with it, the economy was pretty bad. So there wasn't a whole lot I could do, so I packed my bags, and I went back to Pennsylvania. And, you know, I'm sharing this with you because if you ever had a rough week, I completely know the feeling. And what I'm describing here, this is the first time that I really, you know, took a hit. This single event, it changed my outlook on life. I went from having an awesome job, a great social life, and the imagined potential for fame and fortune to a guy living in my old bedroom in my parents' house. And my mom had taken my bedroom and painted the walls pink because she was um, selling Mary Kay and she turned my old bedroom into a Mary Kay studio. So, you know, imagine that. So everything falls apart in New York. You go back to your small town in Pennsylvania. And by the way, your, your room is now pink. It's a Mary, 
Mary Kay Studio. So I, I don't know if I've told you this yet in this podcast, but at the same time, I was so stressed out. I just started eating and drinking a lot of Guinness, and I got fat. Um, <laughs> so, and, you know, on top of everything else, I was letting my physical health go. Now, I'm not sharing all of this stuff because I want to load you up with all, you know, these sob stories. Everything that I'm telling you was good for me. Because losing my job in New York, it was such a great lesson. When I look back, I realize that falling down was the essential springboard to get me where I am today. So after all, if I, haven't, if, if I didn't lose my job in New York, I would probably never realize one big, essential, life-changing success secret, a secret of such profound and very simple magnitude that you know, my life was changed as a result. Uh, I bet you're waiting for me to tell you what that secret is. So here it is. Are you ready? I mean, maybe you, if you're listening to this in your car, you might want to pull over and write this one down. Here it is. You do not need permission to make movies or become successful. I'll repeat it one more time. You do not need permission to make movies or become successful. Now, I don't know why it took me getting beat down to realize all of that. Maybe it's because after New York, I took a job selling cell phones in a local mall. You know, my plan back then was to save $10,000, get out of Pennsylvania, and move to Los Angeles. But had I not discovered this secret, I may have come to L.A. asking people to help me to produce my idea into a movie. Instead, ideas led me to take action. And actions led to results. So it was all a good thing for me. Now, I know this podcast is probably getting a little bit longer than usual, so if you're interested, um, I'll probably share a little bit more of my story uh, next time we talk. But for now, I just want to give you two things to consider. Number one, when you think you've made it, odds are very good that you probably have not actually made it. So hold off from having that inflated ego or buying a Ferrari, at least for right now. And number two is, If I told you to make a feature film tomorrow, could you do it? If you answer yes, uh, big fat kudos to you. Uh, You figured out yet another major secret. And if your answer is no, you could not make a feature film tomorrow, then I'm afraid that you and I, well, we need to have a few more conversations. In fact, and I'm going to be perfectly frank here, you may just be creating some limitations for yourself, and I'm sorry about that. Um, More on this in just a little bit. Um, I know this podcast was slightly less upbeat than some of the other uh, conversations that we've had, but I think, you know, as I was alluding to early on, it does us no good for me just to give you the rah, 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 everything's all honky-dory. You know, this filmmaking thing is a tough business, and sometimes you're going to hit you're going to hit some obstacles. So the question is, how are you going to deal? How are you going to deal with your own challenges? How are you going to overcome them so that you can become more successful? So I hope it doesn't take a job loss to help you discover your own innate talents or your ability as a filmmaker. But I believe in you. I believe you have the potential to make it, and you're certainly taking time to listen to this. So you're uh, one of the smart people. Um, anyway, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end the show for today. If you're interested, if you want to find some more great filmmaking tools, uh, visit 
makeyourmovienow.com. Visit makeyourmovienow.com. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Take care.